Hello and welcome to the Trips and Global on Wheels Podcast Hour. I'm your host Ming Canada. Trips and Global on Wheels is focused on sharing resources and insights into disability advocacy, fitness and health, and accessible travel. Our mission is to build a community of healthy, worldly, and informed advocates. Each week on our podcast, we interview someone with disability or someone whose work advances the disability rights movement locally and internationally. Aaron Wheels Fotheringham, welcome to the Trips and Global on Wheels podcast hour. Pleasure for having me. Aaron was born in 1992 with spina bifida, uh, a development uh, birth defect caused by the incomplete closure of the embryonic neural tube. At birth, doctors had predicted that he wouldn't be able to, wouldn't be able to sit independently. Um, he is commonly known to be the pioneer of uh, wheelchair motocross, WCMX. I think we'll start there, Aaron. So when people ask you about, you know, WCMX, wheelchair motocross, what do you say to them? What is it? So wheelchair motocross, it's a... Uh, I was kind of in the opportunity, I was given the opportunity to come up with the name for the sport because uh, there wasn't many people doing it at the time. And um, so I kind of, I was really inspired from BMX. Um, and so I kind of took part of the name and morphed it with wheelchair. And it's basically tricks inspired from BMX and skate, but performed, you know, on a wheelchair in a skate park and sure is a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. I was like, whoa, that is so amazing. That is so cool. And so, um, and because I really, I'm, I'm a adrenaline junkie myself. And so, but you are just on a whole nother level. You're just, yeah, I, I can't even compare. Um, <laughs> so can all people who use wheelchairs do this sport, would you say? Um, I, I know you're not a medical pro- professional, like, do you think it's impossible for some people with certain kinds of disabilities that to it would be better if they don't partake in such sports? Um, well, I think it, you know, just kind of really depends and it's different for everyone. I've seen, and I have some friends that are quadriplegic and they're out there in the skate park, like dropping in and riding the bulls and stuff. And so I've seen kind of, you know, people with all different abilities out there riding. Um, I would say just kind of take it easy and try it out, you know, and start small and kind of work your way up. Mm-hmm. So just being, having it be a gradual thing rather than all of a sudden be doing two, three, four flips, right? Like what you do. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't suggest starting with the flips. So I think I know the answer, but I may not. Um, but definitely let our viewers and listeners know, how many Guinness World Records do you have and what are they for? Um, so I think I have like five Guinness World Records. And um, one is for the first wheelchair backflip. Uh, one is for the furthest wheelchair ramp jump, and which was 72 feet, which I'm real proud of that one. And then um, the tallest wheelchair hand plant at 30 feet and the tallest uh, wheelchair drop-in at 30 feet. And I got the record for the highest jump, but 
it was kind of I kind of messed up and only got 60 centimeters so that one wasn't too impressed Mm. well it's it's all impressive to me (laughs) um so moving on to you know I I was really curious because I know you're you collaborated a lot with Michael Box over the years um um wheelchairs and making them more durable and he reached out to you way early on so I'm interested in some of the wheelchair malfunctions that you've experienced. Uh, yeah, the wheelchairs have definitely come a long way from they were, from where they were. Um, Mike Box has been just awesome. You know, I would break something and he would, you know, make it stronger. And so being able to work with Mike and to actually, you know, kind of help progress the wheelchairs from where they were is just unreal. And uh, a lot of the time, the more standard things that break or that I have to kind of maintenance on my chairs, like bolts will come loose. And like, that's mainly it is like, things are always coming loose, you know, cause we put, you know, we put our chairs through a lot. We're on it every day. And, you know, there's a lot of vibration from, you know, going down sidewalks and stuff. So bolts are getting rattled loose. And so for me, I just bring a couple wrenches with me kind of everywhere I go, like, the ones that will fit almost anything in that way. Like, you know, if I'm somewhere, I can stop real quick and tighten things up or I'll even bring extra nuts and bolts for the the ones that usually do come loose because sometimes I don't notice that they've come loose until they're already gone. And Mm -hmm. so it's nice to just have like some extra bolts and stuff and just wrenches to keep it all together. So I know you're doing some welding project um, during this pandemic because um, travel has decreased um, exponentially. So what specifically are you doing with the wheelchairs? Like what changes and improvements are you are you making? I've been able to kind of get to the point now where I'm actually riding my own chair that I built. And, you oh, know, wow. it it's fun because I get to kind of change things up and, you know, change the design. And so you say you were making, building your own wheelchairs. What, what does, what does that entail? Like, that seems like a big project and how is it different from, you know, the current wheelchairs that are offered? The whole chair building process is definitely quite the process and it's a little bit intimidating every time I start over on a new chair. Um, But it's, uh, it's been, you know, cool to be able to kind of have more input on what I want to do and yeah you know there's definitely a lot of different chairs out there um and I feel like I've been really fortunate to work with Mike over the years and to have him kind of take me under his wing and show me how to build a chair and how to make it stronger you know and so the chair that I'm building is um, custom for me and it you know it has the suspension and it has the you know, the, the rear suspension, the front suspension, and like some extra support and stuff. And can't forget the grind bar for doing the grinds and stuff. And so it's nice to be able to just kind of be able to do it and to be able to make little tweaks and stuff myself. That's awesome. So are you planning to, um, are you planning to uh, scale it and have it be available for other people? Or is this just for you? And and you know having the skill sets to customize the chairs for yourself um i mean maybe one day it would be cool to be able to build chairs for other people like i've i've built a chair for a friend and i'm not really at the point where i could sell them or mass produce them and stuff so um Mm -hmm. one day i would like to get to the point where i could build more of them but 
yeah. right now it's just kind of like a hobby and kind of just for myself. Yeah, perhaps that can be a second career. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Too young to think about a second career right now, but like you know, yeah. down the line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're a lot closer to to starting something like that than I. With your, you know, you you already know how to do some of the more technical aspects of it. Yeah, I just struggle with customer service, though. <laughs> no worries. Luckily, that part there are plenty of people who are skilled at that, so that is not an issue. <laughs> so you once said in an interview, I'm quoting. And another obstacle was that I kept breaking parts and wheelchairs. It was frustrating at times because every time I would go to the skate park, I would break my chair. But thankfully, I met a name by the name of Mike Box, who we were just mentioning earlier, who I've worked with over the years to now develop a chair that holds up the abuse. And so what I wanted to ask was, um, have, have Mike Box or you or in collaboration made the chairs more durable, um, you know, everyday wheelchairs more durable um, from from the experiences that you've had um, and what what does it take what changes need to be made to make them as durable as possible people of all um, you know mo mobility disabilities who use wheelchairs need something that is durable um, especially since the you know something you may be familiar with is a, a huge number of people with disabilities, they say 70% here in the US are unemployed, so they can't afford to buy a wheelchair every few years. If they can last longer, that would be extremely helpful. And so what have, what has been done to make it more durable specifically? Yeah, um, and that's kind of the big problem I feel like I see in the world is like a lot of the wheelchair manufacturers don't really care to make them that strong or whatever like but um kind of with mike we've put some cross bracing and so like you don't really bend the frame and like there's certain spots on the chair that you just kind of add extra support and like you know whether it's thicker material right there or whatever you know it um and it's always a balance of making it stronger but trying to keep it lightweight you know because you don't because of course you could build a bulletproof chair but it might weigh a hundred pounds you know and so it's kind of just trying to figure that out and um you know it's cool that mike has really had this passion to make a better chair and to make it hold up you know mm -hmm. yeah have they mainstreamed the changes following what we were just talking about so you know the changes that you know the feedbacks over the years that you've given to Mike Box, and and then the changes that he would implement. Has he mainstreamed it in a way that you know the the wheelchairs have they implement some of the changes onto the everyday wheelchairs so that everybody can utilize it? Yeah, uh, Box wheelchairs is still going strong, and he's still building so many chairs. Every time I talk to him, he's always got way more chairs than he should be doing right now but he um he yeah like basically the chair i ride is available to anyone and you know he's 
you know, takes what he's learned from working on my chairs with me and he's kind of made it so anyone can have that, you know, that technology and that strength of a chair. It's just kind of what he does is put that passion into everything. Yeah. So I actually, I, while doing a little research on you, I, I learned, I learned that small words can make a huge difference. I actually, I never thought about, you know, the usage of in and on and how even just like the language that we learn around when, when we're growing up and by able body people, because my parents and my family are able body. I know you have a sibling with a disability as well. Um, for me, that's not the case. So the language I learn is very much, um, you know, able body, ableist language, I guess, so to say. Mm -hmm. um, and so, but it's later that I discovered, you know, the disability community and then person first language and, and describing and conveying myself in that part of my identity in a more empowering um, and liberating way. And so I found that very enlightening. Um, I guess I just wanted to comment on that. But then I want to ask you another question. Going, delving in a little deeper. I don't know how real you want to get, Aaron. <laughs> but like I said, we could put on the brakes anytime. Um, what, so what, what dating advice would you have for you know, specifically boys with disabilities, because I think you have a lot to share in this area. And as I was doing some research, I didn't, I didn't see a lot of people asking you about this area. So what, what were some hard lessons you learned along the way, you know, about dating? And what do you want to pass on to others? Because like, it's uncomfortable. It's, you know, people feel shame and people feel all sorts of hard feelings. And like, I feel like, People with disabilities, specifically boys with disabilities, don't really necessarily have the space to talk about these things. Yeah, I mean, I feel like for anyone dating is just awkward and <laughs> it's not the most fun thing. Um, but I feel like when I look back on it, it was just like, you know, everyone's got their their thing that they're maybe struggling with or whatever you know like no one's perfect and maybe you can't see their disability or what they struggle with or whatever and so I would just like you know honestly I wouldn't feel too concerned about having a disability and you know um, getting out there and wanting to you know meet someone and start dating you know I wouldn't let you know the fact that you have a disability stop you from you know working on finding someone you know yeah i think i think i definitely agree with you that is you know there is that awkward phase and uncomfortable phase for everybody and they have to get out of their um you know comfort zone and and, and face their fears i like what you said like it's not that you you don't feel the fear anymore but you're trying to focus on other aspects as well so that it's not such a big the fear isn't so overwhelming and overpowering um so i'm sure it's a lot more like complicated than that so so you feel like people should just you know just go for it despite the the, the negative reactions that 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 may come yeah i mean like for me specifically like you know, I definitely had my worries, like, 
you know, am I going to find a girl that doesn't mind, you know, my disability or, you know, or is it going to slow her down or something like that? You know, there's all those kind of thoughts like, you know, and then there's the self-image problems and, you know, kind of stuff like that. And I'm sure a lot of people with a disability can relate to. Um, but I mean, for the situation with me and my wife, like, like I, I never really realized that I would get to the point where I'm not super nervous about my legs or my disability, you know, like, but honestly, um, you know, she has just shown me that time after time that I, I deserve to be happy. And like, you know, she's, she struggles with her own kind of, you know, struggles and I love her despite those. And it's just kind of like a give and take. And I don't think that, you know, having a disability means you're less worthy of, you know, being happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, very well put. And so actually I was going to ask you about your wife. So I'm glad you brought her <laughs> up. Like, how did you know she, um, you know, how did you know you proposed to her? How did it, you know she was the one you wanted to spend the rest of your life with? Um, I mean, for, for the sake of our podcast, obviously, our, our, our identities are very much complicated. I know that they're much more than just our disability, but in regards to the disability, um, did you feel like there was this understanding that, because there are a lot of um, physical, technical things that we experience that an able-bodied walking person may not necessarily know or experience. So did you, did you feel like there was that deep understanding there? She probably won't like me talking about this, but she does have some problems with some of her joints, like her ankles and stuff. And so while she's able to walk, um, she still, you know, has her times that she struggles and stuff. And so I feel like she's, she honestly understands my situation quite a bit. Um, and while they're different, you know, and, um, I found that it's, you know, it's really kind of helped a lot that, you know, she also, you know, maybe she also has hip, you know, pain and I have hip pain and, well, it's two completely different things. Um, you know, it's kind of, it's been nice that we both kind of can share like empathy for each other when, you know, someone's hurting or something, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I know it's different for everybody. I asked that question because, you know, people have their, their own different kinds of experiences. Um, um, so we, we have something in common. I mean, we have several things in common, but the specific thing I'm pointing to is, so you're adopted and as am I. So I'm, I'm interested, um, like I said, Aaron, feel free to put the brakes on anytime. <laughs> <laughs> do, you have, I'm in. <laughs> do you have any interest in adopting a child of your own? Have you ever thought about that? Um, I've... I haven't really thought about adopting one. You know, we talk about having kids and stuff and, you know, in the future for sure. But um, I hadn't really thought about adopting one. Like if, if we're able to do it, like, you know, have kids or whatever, then cool. But I don't know. I hadn't thought that far ahead. <laughs> um, and uh, it, I know you, go ahead. 
of a couple dogs. But um, we're thinking about having a third dog. <laughs> oh, wow. So you got some fur babies. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Three dogs. That would be a lot, I feel like. Yeah. I'm just, ooh, yeah. I'm just messing, though. I think two is enough. <laughs> So I know your Christian faith is also very important to you. Um, how big of a role do you, uh, does it play in your life, would you say, and how it's like really guided you and directed you in your, you know, whether that, that be wheelchair motocross or something else that you're pursuing, um, your wheelchair design projects? Um, I feel like my faith has, you know, been really a big part of kind of my whole journey. Like, I feel like um, throughout my life, you know, despite the spina bifida and the struggles that have come along with that, I've been able to see a lot of like blessings, you know, like when I was, you know, put up for adoption, I was then adopted by a super loving family and, you know, um, and then I got the health care I needed and then I met Mike Box and, you know, I just feel like, you know, despite all the struggles, there's been, you know, far more blessings that have kind of come, you know, simultaneously. And so I definitely think faith is a big part of it. And, you know, kind of helps you kind of shift your perspective, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I thought that was interesting just because, you know, these are very common things that people grapple with, um, you know, dating, having kids, your faith, like, it's not like these are, niche topics we're addressing but I think what is um less mainstream about it is you know us being in wheelchairs and having this physical disability and discussing you know our um views and 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 perspectives on it um and that's the angle that doesn't really get funneled into the mainstream as much um and just creating a more diverse uh, voice. It's been so awesome talking to you. Um, I don't know if you remember, but we've actually been in the works of arranging this for quite some time. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll, We finally made it happen. I know, we finally made it happen. So good luck um, with, I hope, you know, once this pandemic is all over, you're able to travel and do your impressive tricks again and perhaps, you know, set some new Guinness World Records. <laughs> Ooh, I like the sound of that. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much for making time. Um, I appreciate it. And hopefully, you know, I'll get to meet you and see one of your shows. Have a wonderful day. And thanks again, Aaron, for making time. And uh, I hope to meet you in person sometime in the near future. Okay? Thank you. It's good to meet you. You too. Bye-bye. Ciao. I only know what it's like in America And shutting doors I don't think that's right Thanks for listening to another Trips and Global on Wheels podcast hour. Look for us on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook where I post pictures of my travels, share videos of my fitness journey, and keep you updated on the latest wheelchair accessory must-haves. Tell others about our program. The more we can raise awareness about these issues, the stronger we can get as a community. At Trips and Global on Wheels, we aim to build a community 
of healthy, worldly, and informed individuals with disabilities and disability advocates. That means we want to hear from you, our listeners. Send us an email at tgowpodcast at gmail dot com. Let us know about your favorite destinations for accessible travel. How do you stay fit to avoid chronic injuries? What language do you prefer to describe your identity as someone with a disability? We want to provide a platform for people to share and learn from each other. So send us your stories. If you have suggestions for future guests that you would like to hear on our podcast series, please leave them in the contact us section of our website. Or post them on our Facebook page. Thanks again for listening. Bye bye. And this is.